This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. Special podcast today because it's all football. It's podcast episode. 109 of the Mike Missinelli Podcast, Thursday, September 7th, a date that will live in infamy. Brought to us by Bet Rivers, we're going to have as our special guest today, world-renowned football analyst, reporter, Peter King will join us from NBC Sports, and um, we're going to debut our fantasy football segment. I know a lot of people play fantasy football out there. We have our local expert, Tony Cotillo, who knows his stuff in fantasy football, will join us for a segment, the debut of our fantasy football ex- uh, segment, which we will do every Thursday. But let's get to the business of all football today, okay? The NFL season begins tonight, of course. Much hyped game. Lions at the Chiefs. Let, let me just put it out there right now, okay? Because there's all this fanfare about the Lions pulling this off tonight. The Chiefs are in turmoil. Blah, 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 blah. This is a pedigree team, and the line is still minus five, okay? So the Lions aren't going to pull any upsets tonight. Lions aren't going to even cover, in my view. The Chiefs go merrily along in this game, despite maybe missing Travis Kelsey. And, of course, they don't have their, their defensive tackle, uh, who, who's still in negotiations, and he'll probably uh, not suit up for tonight's game. But we're more interested in the Eagles because they open the season and they open a campaign where they're hoping to get back to the Super Bowl again and this time maybe win it at the Patriots game one. It's a 425 game. The Eagles are minus three and a half. Now that line has uh, been four. It's now three and a half, which is interesting to me. So this is the first step where their goal to be number one NFL seed and make it easier for a Super Bowl return. And we're going to go down the list of every game. Darren and I, producer Darren, are going to predict all these games to see what number they come out with. Because I guess there is a question about winning enough games to get that number one seed, which to me is extremely important. So stay tuned for that. We'll go down every game. All right. Um, by the way, I like the Patriots to cover, but that's a, that's a little silent side note that we'll get into later. Uh, let's look inside this game. All right. For the Eagles, we know what the changes are. New offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, new configuration linebacker, new starting uh, a pair of safeties. Uh, but what they've done in the offseason is they've fortified their defensive line, which they really believe in with the additions of Jalen Carter and especially Nolan Smith. So the pass rush with Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick on the other end should be pretty good as they put uh, these guys in a, in a very interesting rotation of about eight players, which I think keeps them fresh. That is definitely their strength. But, of course, offensively, we know how strong they are. They've got a quarterback who was really close to being the MVP last year. He's probably going to take another step up just because of who he is. Jalen Hurts is a guy who does not allow for failure, is always trying to improve. Uh, Last year, 22 touchdowns and six interceptions, 101.5 rating last year. He's behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. He's got a four-headed running back attack where they've added a, a special feature in DeAndre Swift, a back who can take it to the house but also catch the ball out of the backfield. Tremendous asset for the Eagles. They have four guys that they can play and employ in various matchups. They have the best wide receiver one-two punch in the league. All right, so now they're up against the Patriots. The Patriots and a pretty good defense. Let's take a look. The New England defense last year allowed 20.4 points per game. That was fourth in the NFL. They were eighth in the NFL in yards per game. Uh, only three teams in the NFL allowed fewer rushing yards than New England last year. All right? They have a great linebacker in Juwan Bentley at 125 tackles last year. They have a great pass rusher in Matt Juden. He caught up to the quarterback 55 and a half times last year. So the biggest battle in this game, 
the Eagles offensive line and the Hurts improvisation on RPOs versus the New England front seven, which is pretty good. All right, so now on offense, here's what the Eagles face with New England. Mac Jones. All right, now, listen, the jury's still out on how good a quarterback he is. But the one thing they did do in the offseason was convince him that he was their guy. They got rid of everybody else. They said, Mac, the job is yours. And they brought Bill O'Brien in as the offensive coordinator. Now, we all know about Bill O'Brien. He loves tight end configurations. They have two, three tight ends that they can employ. So to me, I look at this game and I go, okay, he's going to use the tight ends a lot, and he's going to test the Eagles' ability to cover the tight end. Two new linebackers, a couple safeties that we really don't know about. Will they play? have to play dime coverage all the time to cover these tight ends? To me, that's a big part of this game. And uh, and Mac Jones, listen, he, he his best wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, all right? Listen, he's an average receiver, uh, but they do have a Ramondre Stevenson to carry the football. Good player. And I don't know how much Zeke Elliott has left, but he'll get a few carries as a backup guy. Um, So, to me, the Eagles should win this game. However, I believe New England's going to hang around. And uh, and I see a 24-21 piece with New England getting a three and a half and covering this game. It's not going to be a route. It's going to be a struggle. And the Eagles may need a late field goal to push them ahead to win this game. But they will survive in New England. Let's bring in producer Darren. Darren, how do you see this matchup? I I think the Eagles are going to have a little bit more of an easier time than you do. Here's what I can't get past in this game. The New England offensive line is not very good. They weren't even sure who the starters were going to be about a week or so ago. Uh, One of the guys is banged up a little bit. I think the Eagles – and Mac Jones, I don't care how much confidence you give him. He's still a statue. He doesn't run well. I think the defensive line will be all over him all day. Uh, their defense is pretty good, though. I, I think that, uh, you know, the lack of preseason, which I'm fine with, I never used to be fine with, but I am now, considering health. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to put up in the 30s, but I think you're, you're looking at something like a 26-13 to 13 game tonight or Sunday. I think the Eagles win – not like it's not a blowout, but it's a pretty comfortable win. I just don't see New England being able to move the ball very well all night. And uh, I mean, that's the logical way to look at time. it. I always think there's a first game dynamic. I always think there's a home field first game advantage. Uh, I think that New England is going to hang around. Uh, they really have nothing to lose in this game. Everybody's gunning for the Eagles. The Eagles are expected to come out to be as sharp as they were last year. Uh, I allow for a little stumbling in game one with all these adjustments that they're going to have to make. And I think O'Brien can take advantage of some things, uh, some inexperience they, that present on defense. Either way, it doesn't matter because the Eagles come away with a win and it's the first win of a number that they need to get the NFC's number one seed. So at this point, let's go down the Eagles record game by game. All right. So uh, all right, here we'll we go. go. Uh, is, I'll, I'll give my prediction. You give yours. I'll chart yours okay. down. I've got the final number already. Uh, so at the Patriots, win. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I think they win Sunday. Vikings at home. Tough game. I, Eagles first home game. They're better than the Vikings. Win. Eagles got better. Vikings got worse in the offseason. It's the Eagles home opener, despite the short week that the road teams always served up anyway on those Thursday night games. Eagles go to 2-0. Oh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, game three, win. Yeah, they're not losing to Baker Mayfield. I don't care if that game's played in his backyard. Or Kyle Trask. Uh, the Commanders at home again. So three in a row at home. The Commanders, the first uh, salvo against the divisional team. Uh, Commanders, come on. Uh, Sam Howe's not going to be the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. I'll give W there. I agree. I don't see them losing to, to, to Washington this year in either game. Uh, I will say I'm looking forward to that game because it's one of the few 1 o'clock games on the schedule. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Eagles don't have many 1 o'clock games. It's a very, very scattered schedule here. Uh, All right, so uh, the Rams stink. Uh, They come to Lincoln Financial Field the following week. Uh, I got the Rams losing, and the Eagles now are 5-0. Cherokee, who is now ranked, uh, Cherokee High School is now ranked number four (laughs) in South Jersey, would beat the Rams. Eagles go to 5-0. Okay, so now here's where we start the schedule because they're at the Jets. Now the Jets will have 
This will be their sixth game in with Aaron Rodgers. It's a Sunday night game. It's at the Jets. Here's the Eagles' first loss of the year, even though I think the Jets are a tad overrated. I will go Jets hang the Eagles with their first loss. I, I agree with you here. I got this as their first loss of the season as well. Look, they're not going to go, even though Andrew Brandt, I don't know if he was doing being facetious or not, picked them to go 20-0 in Sports Illustrated. Uh, but I, I think they lose the game mainly because the Jets have never in, in NFL history beaten the Eagles in a regular season game. And I think that Sunday night game, it's going to be a lot of hype. That crowd will be jumping. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not going to win every game. So, yeah, that's the first loss of the year for me as well. All right, then they come back home against the Dolphins. Now, I, boy, I, I don't know how to how to peg the Dolphins. Their defense last year stunk, but uh, they hired Vic Fangio. But uh, I don't know if the Dolphins are capable of coming in here and winning that game. So I got the Eagles with a W going to 6-1. and one. Uh, Miami with another big offseason addition in, J- in training for Jalen Ramsey. I don't think I think he's starting the season on the pup list, if I'm not mistaken, though. I have to double check that. But uh, I, that coach is an odd dude, and um, they're not set uh, due to health reasons. They're just not set at quarterback. You don't know if two is going to play, if he's going to get banged up. He's, a, you know, but I do have the Eagles bouncing back and winning that game as well. All right. So we have them both at six and one at this point when they go to the commanders. And uh, for some reason, I got to stumble. I think the Eagles lose that game at the Commanders. I, you know, they beat them last year, but they, this team, that team just doesn't have enough firepower. I think the Eagles win that game and another one o'clock game, which will be delightful. All right, so you got them seven and one. I got them six and two at this point. Home against the Cowboys, coming off an upset loss to the Commanders, they'll be loaded for bear against the Cowboys. They win that game at home to go seven and two. How about you? I think they split with Dallas. I think they win the home game. So, yes. All I got right. them You've got them at 8-1 and one at this point of the season. When they go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs, loss. <laughs> you, well, we're not in lockstep, but, yeah, you and I agree here again. I think they lose that game. It's on the road. It's, uh, it's Sunday night. Um, and Look, the Chiefs are still the first or second best team in football, depending on how you slice it. But I do think the Eagles take an L. All right. They are 8-2 by you. They're 7-3 and three by me. And they get the Bills at home. And I don't see a win here. I got the Bills with the win to make the Eagles 7-4 and four as they lick their wounds coming back from Kansas City. They lose two in a row. Chiefs and Bills, very tough duo. I got a loss at 7-4. and four. I, I have them losing two games in a row at some point in the year, too, but it's not here. I think Buffalo is one of those teams that really could take a step backwards this year. They've, they've, they're clearly a different offense uh, since Brian Dable left. Josh Allen regressed last year. I need to see that he's going to bounce back before I can anoint them uh, with one of the two best teams in the AFC again. Um, but I think the Eagles come, ba- uh, come back and win that game. All out. right. I've got them 7-4. and four. you got them 9-2. and two. Way more optimistic at this point than me. As the 49ers come to town, stone W for the Eagles. I totally agree. They're going to they're gonna beat the brakes off them again. That's just a bad locker room. We've, we've talked about it uh, for a while now. They're going to probably be too keyed up anyway, or they'll be thinking, I don't even know what they're going to be thinking, but I do think the Eagles have heard them whining and complaining uh, all year, all offseason, and I think they thump them again. All right, you got them 10 and 2. You're headed towards maybe 15 wins at this point no, of the schedule. No. Let's go at the Cowboys, me, which is a loss for me, making them 8 and 5. Uh, yeah, that's I said they split with Dallas. I think they lose the road game. It just makes sense here. All right. There you got 10 and 3, or 8 and 5 at the Seahawks. I think they bounce back. Second straight road game. They beat the Seahawks, and that makes them 9 and 5 in my book. What do you got? Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not one of these people that's uh, you know high on the resurgence of the Seattle Seahawks, but I just think this is a bad spot for the Eagles as well. It's a second straight road game. You got to go to Dallas, and then you got to come home, and then you got to fly back out west. Uh, I think the Eagles lose that game, so that's my two loss. All in right. a row point. In you the got year. them ten and four. I got them nine and five. One game difference. Giants at home win to go ten and five by me. Yeah, I, I, they're still a much better team than the Giants. The Eagles will still need to win games at that point. I have them winning as well. Cardinals next. Romp. 
11 and 5. They, let me tell you something, because we, we should probably talk about what Gannon said this week, too. Just he breaks every unwritten rule you should as a head coach in the NFL. You know, saying, well, we'll, t- we'll get into that later. But they are going to thump the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a bad football team anyway, but they're going to beat the brakes off them. Yeah, by then they're, they're, they're tanking and, and playing for the number one pick oh, yeah. anyway. All right, so the final game of the year is at the Giants. I think the Eagles win that one. They closed it out with three straight wins. They finished 12 and 5 in my book. What do you say? I got them at 12 and 5 as well. I think they dropped this last game to the Giants. I don't know that they're going to need it. Uh, one way or the other, they'll either be locked into the one seed or locked into the two seed. And yeah, I got them. Uh, oh, I think they're going to need it. I think they're going to need it. So you got them losing to the Giants. We both end up with 12 and 5. Now, here's the question as we both end up with 12 and 5. Can the 49ers or the Cowboys get to 13 wins to get the number one seed and nab it away from the Eagles? I don't think Dallas can. I think San Francisco can. And I'm going to steal what Peter King told us uh, in the interview you're going to hear soon. And it's that the, the the 49ers get to play four games against the Cardinals and the Rams. And that, that could be a difference maker this year. All right. Here's the difference maker for me. The Niners lose game one at the Steelers, which is going to be in my picks of the week coming up in a little bit. So now let's look at some NFL storylines for 2023. Uh, and the first one is this. Do we believe in the hype for the Lions and the Jets? The Lions added strength at running back. They drafted well. They have a good offensive line. They're a coming team. I'm not buying it yet that they're superlative. Meanwhile, the Jets. Can Aaron Rodgers make that much of a difference to pair up with a top five defense? He probably can. So I believe more in the Jets than I do the Lions. What say you? Uh, Yeah, the Jets have the advantage over the Lions and that their defense is really, really good. It's a top five defense in the league. Um, but however, they still have to play in the AFC. You know, I, I got to look at their whole schedule, but like they, the, the league is so unbalanced. The AFC top to bottom is such a far superior conference right now. I mean, in the NFC, there's really only three teams that are, can, that can compete. I'm sure there's a sleeper team in there. They might make some noise, but I don't really think anybody other than, Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas has enough firepower and enough defense to win the conference. But, yeah, so I would think the Jets have uh, – but I think the Jets are, are uh, have a much better chance of seeing the postseason and going deep. Storyline number two, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. It's the Jordan Love era, or as I call it, California Love. <laughs> I, you know, the pa- I got to see this kid play. He's made some good throws in a few games he played last year. You know, but it's a big drop. I mean, you're kidding yourself if you, if, if you think the Packers are going to be seamless going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan. Storyline three, Sean Payton. Will his tough guy makeover in Denver work? Specifically, can Russell Wilson survive under it and play the whole season as the Broncos' starting quarterback? Uh, what I could tell you is he'll bench him. Peyton will bench him. He'll bring somebody else in. If he, he's not going to be, oh, well, he's getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars. That's by the way, that's what they're paying him—a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, so Peyton will have a short, will have a short hook with him. But I got to say, the Denver Broncos are one of the more interesting teams that I'll be following this year. I just want to see with Peyton if he can resurrect Russell Wilson at all. Uh, you're a big fa- Saints fan. You're a big uh, Peyton I'm an ex- fan. So I used to work for the Saints. Yeah. You're kind of invested in that. Yeah. All right, storyline, next storyline. The Ravens. Lamar Jackson's happy. He got paid, and he's throwing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flower, who's been a camp sensation. I like the Ravens this year. Do you? You know, you talked me into them. I'm, I'm a little bit higher on them now than I was, say, a week ago. Love John Harbaugh. He's a great guy. Always rooting for him. I, again, I've talked about Lamar Jackson. I need to see him make more plays with his arm than with his legs. And when he does, and if he does, if and when he does, I'll buy more into the Ravens. Storyline number five, the inexperienced quarterbacks that have to take over in this day and age. You know, it used to be you draft a quarterback really high. You, you tutor him under a stiff like Gardner Minshew or way back in the day, Doug Peterson. Today, they throw him right to the Wolves. So the Colts start Anthony Richardson. The Texans start C.J. Stroud. The Panthers start Bryce Young. All three of them 
will have a rough sledding in this NFL this year. You, what do you say? I think Bryce Young will play pretty well. To me, he his mind and arm were already pro-ready. So I think Bryce Young, out of all the Young Bucks, will have uh, the most success. And Anthony Richardson? Well, Anthony Richardson's a project. I mean, you got to start him because what's the point of starting Gardner Minshew at this point? They're not going to compete for a playoffs for a playoff spot. So get him the experience. Get him in there. Let him learn on, on the job. Again, you said right. it. it used to be you draft a kid. He sat for a year or two and learned under yeah, a vaccine. Yep. And, Not anymore. And let's go back to Donovan McNabb, who was picked pretty high and still had to sit. He was. All right. Uh, and they stand. But Doug Peterson? They, all right. See, Andy <laughs> Reid figured it out. All right. Let's look at the next storyline. The Bengals. Are they ready for the next level? You have a man crush on the quarterback here. I've never seen anybody have a man crush like you have on Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, are they actually ready to win a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, if he's healthy. I mean, they got to stay healthy. He's. I think he's going to play this week. He's got uh, a calf injury. I think he's going to play. It looks like he's going to start. I do. I, I have a cr- man crush on him. I think he's – I think uh, he is – if I'm starting a team with any quarterback right now, I'm not taking Mahomes. I'm taking Joe Burrow. All right. Storyline number eight or seven. I lost count. Will the Cowboys' offense finally percolate under Brian Schottenheimer this year, and will Dak Prescott have a great year? Uh, no, because you said the wrong name. McCarthy's going to be called. Mike McCarthy's going to be calling the plays, and I have no confidence in him as a play caller. Uh, I just think he hmm. gets away from what they do best. You give no influence to Shotty, huh? No, because I think McCarthy's a he's a he's a he's one of those pig-headed guys who's just going to do it his way. He's going to. He'll veto uh, or he'll trump all of Schottenheimer's decisions if it comes up, if it's one right, of the other. final story line for me. No Brady in Tampa. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Now, let me just say this. Of all the mysteries that I have seen this, uh, happen in this league commercially, one of the biggest mysteries, and God bless the kid, and I hope he banked the money. Baker Mayfield got more commercials for a lack of ability than any player in the history of the NFL. And he starts now for Tampa. He stinks. There was a point where every commercial break of every game and every TV show had a Baker Mayfield commercial. You're right. It was maddening. The Bucs are going to stink. Baker Mayfield stinks. All right. (laughs) Those are our NFL storylines for 2023. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right. I am delighted to welcome our next guest uh, on the Mike Missanelli podcast, perhaps the uh, most prominent NFL reporter of all time. You followed Peter King for a really long time uh, from 89 to 2018, Sports Illustrated, established the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, He's written five books, now working full-time for NBC Sports and continuing his column uh, with uh, called Football Morning in America. He appears on Pro Football Talk. And lest I I forget, he is the pride of Ohio University, a true Bobcat. Peter King joins us. Hello, Peter. Mike, how you doing? Good to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And I got to tell you, you are one of the most popular guys in Philadelphia these days because... You have picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. You've picked Jalen Hurts to be the MVP. You picked Jalen Carter to be a defensive rookie of the year. You're riding high in this city right now, Pete. Well, I just know that last year the there was, as many times happens, Mike, there was such a fine line between the team that won the Super Bowl and the team that lost the Super Bowl. And honestly, after watching that game, would you say that if the Eagles in Kansas City played 10 times, they both probably would have won five, maybe six to four, maybe. But, you know, look, and, and, and I've had this, I said this somewhere. I mean, I lose track of all the crap that I say, but uh, I said this somewhere early in the offseason. I said, hey, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts is a top three NFL quarterback. In some order, it's Patrick Mahomes, number one. And then in some order after that, it's Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. I don't know which I'd have two or three. It's close. But I think this is the year, by the end of this year, that America will look at Jalen Hurts as, without any question, a top three, a top three quarterback in the NFL. 
So let's look at this concept now because it's all you hear about a team that loses a Super Bowl, rarely gets back to the Super Bowl. I, I look at this team as just the opposite. They're, they're so well-directed, and that guy you just mentioned is, is so well-directed that – uh, to me, the incentive to get back plays right into what this team is about. Now, you've seen him in training camp, and and you you see their roster, and you see their coach. Uh, do you agree with that? You know, I've never been one. First of all, I don't like picking teams to repeat. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't pick Kansas City. It's been 19 years that a team has repeated as a Super Bowl champion. Now. I really give credit to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for this reason. I heard Mahomes, you know, I'm one of these guys. I sit back in my little Brooklyn ivory tower and I read a lot of things, but I'm not on the phone 10 hours a day the way I used to be. I don't go to a game every Sunday, but I know a lot of people. And I was very interested in reading Patrick Mahomes in his last press conference before departing Kansas City for the summer, maybe around June 12th or 13th, he said, and, and this is one of the things that impresses me about Mahomes. He cares about this stuff. He's interested in history. He wants to know where his place in history. And he said, hey, if we want to be a special team, no team has repeated since the Patriots in 2004. If we want to be a special team, we got to repeat. So I don't know, Mike, maybe about a month ago, I was in St. Joseph, Missouri. I was sitting in Andy Reid's cinder block dorm room at Missouri Western State University at 738 o'clock one morning before practice. And I said to Andy, I said, you know, I'm so impressed with Mahomes for knowing that. And he goes, well... He said, no big deal, but I told the team that, you know, that was one of my things. If you really want to be special, you know, you got to you, you can't just stop at one. You know, we've been to a bunch of championship games and all that. But and so one of the things I, I, I think it is absolute bullcrap when a head coach stands up there and says, oh, we, we don't talk about repeating we don't, we don't think about repeating after they've won a Super Bowl. We just want to go out. We're starting over. We're like every other team. That is a pile of crap. <laughs> you think about repeating. From the moment you start your offseason practices, you think about repeating. So, and look, if you've noticed this one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason, every other really good team has had issues, some recent, some not so recent. Let's look at probably the two biggest challengers, I would say right now at this moment to the, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would say that's San Francisco and Kansas City. Now, you might say Dallas because the Eagles have had a hard time with Dallas, rightfully so. Dallas could win this division. But let's just talk about those two teams. Kansas City now has a tight end with a hyperextended knee, and you don't know how healthy he's going to be. But, okay, so you got, you got Travis Kelsey, who's the most important weapon by far other than Mahomes, as an iffy guy. And then you've got Chris Jones, who apparently is on a wildcat strike and is not going to be playing either this week or maybe not for a while for Kansas City. So... You've got a couple of huge issues there. Look at San Francisco, uh, you know, and they've got, obviously, they've got issues there from the trading of the once savior quarterback, uh, you know, which was a, a huge deal a couple of weeks ago in Trey Lance. And then you've got, obviously, Kittle, the tight end, who uh, we don't know when he's going to play. We've got a quarterback coming back from major elbow surgery. So those are the two teams. I mean, and now you look at the Eagles. It is happiness and glee. There is nothing wrong going on with the Eagles right now. Okay, what is the biggest thing that happened to them in the offseason? The biggest thing. I might argue that 
Okay, losing a couple of inside linebackers, big deal. Losing a right guard, that's a big deal. But that happens to every good team. You take some collateral damage every offseason. It's just the way it goes. And, you know, you look at what happened to the Eagles. They buttressed an already formidable defensive line with two good and maybe great players. And their, their quarterback, who everybody in Philadelphia loves, who has so many qualities that Carson Wentz didn't have, their quarterback signs the biggest contract, you know, of an athlete ever in Philadelphia, I guess. It must be bigger than Embiid. Uh, maybe it's probably not bigger than Bryce Harper, but, but whatever, it's a big darn contract. And, and, and the first conversation he has, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because neither guy remembers it, but it's something like the first conversation when Nick Sirianni calls him and says, Hey, uh, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. The good guys have won one here, all this. You know, the response by Jalen Hurts is, hey, coach, let's get to work. And, you know, what do you want the leader of your team to say after he just signed a contract for $261 million? It is, coach, we didn't finish the job last year. We need to finish the job this year. So, look, there's an awful lot of good. Oh, I forgot to mention Miles Sanders, but. You know, that's that's the way running back life goes. No, you're right. This was one of the most boring uh, training camps uh, yeah. of all time with the Eagles because you're 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 inventing issues. And and the one thing you didn't mention with the two coordinators are different. Uh, you're right. Linebacker, maybe a safety. But uh, for the most part, they're all intact. Hey, Mike, they're all Mike red- can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you really think that the loss of the two coordinators is a big deal? Uh, no, but uh there is a matter of adjustment. So, yes. no, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I sensed this when I was there. And look, I was there for seven hours. So what do I know? But I think there's some excitement on offense. Not that anybody has anything against Shane Steichen. And really, other than the fourth quarter of the last game, I'm not sure anybody should have very much against Jonathan Gannon. But the fourth quarter of the last game, that is a problem, but but yeah. well, so they were, they were glad to see Gannon get out of town. I can tell you that. Yeah, a lot of Even people seem to be solid all year, but yeah. he didn't uh, connect with his fan base. Yeah, but but I guess I guess overall the thing I would say about the Eagles is every team is going to take some losses, and you know the fact that uh, that you lose Miles Sanders. My rejoinder to that is. Uh, quite honestly, well, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, his performance against the New York Giants by rushing for 112 yards made everybody in the fan base, I think, say I, nothing personal against Miles Sanders. He's a really good player for this team. But you have to ask the question, and all the running backs are really angry about that right now. I get it, but you have to ask the question. Is it really vital to have a great running back in today's football? No. I don't think so. It, it isn't. And, they, and they've pretty much, with the, they, they backed it up with four guys that all fit certain needs, depending on what kind of matchups they're going to use. Let me ask you about the 49ers, because you've also picked them to be the number one seed yep. in the NFC. But you don't have them. You have them losing to the Cowboys, I believe you, you said. Yeah. Hey, look. Yeah. I, I guess I would just say this, Mike. I... One of the reasons why I like the 49ers is I believe, like Kyle Shanahan's very OCD, and he admits it. And he, not that he's looking behind doors for shadows, but Kyle Shanahan is always alert. And Kyle Shanahan understands, especially because of his dad, he understands that there's going to be crises, multiple crisis crises every year with your team and this guy is nine games over 500 and in four of his six as a 49er coach and in four of his six years he has started three quarterbacks 
he has gotten used to the cauldron and the nonsense and all the crap. You know why I picked him to be the top seed? Because the Philadelphia Eagles, the worst two teams in their division, are the New York Giants, who won a playoff game last year, and Washington, which might have a top five defense in the NFL. The worst two teams in the NFC West are the Rams, who might win four games this year, and the Cardinals, who might win one. So I think, and look, the Eagles might go 4-0 against the Giants and Washington. They, they really might. But it's going to be a much tougher road, in my opinion, for the Eagles to go 13-4 and than it will be for the Niners. That's fair. That's fair. So you get the Niners just by winning more uh, more games, getting the number one seed, but you really don't believe in them at the end. In other words, you're saying before the Eagles would actually get to the Niners to play the NFC title game. Oh, I believe in the Niners. I believe in the Niners, but I really like the Cowboys. I really like – I think the Cowboys are a big threat to, you know, to the Eagles. I really do. And look. Okay, so the Cow- the Cowboys beat the Niners there, and then the Eagles will wind up playing them for the NFC championship. Uh, okay. Yes. That, that Well, that would be great. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's what yeah. I project. And look, one of the reasons I project this is that there is an awful lot riding on this season for two people in Dallas, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. I'm not, I'm only raising this as sort of in talk show host ease (laughs) right here, but let me just ask you a question. What happens if the Cowboys slither out of the playoffs with a bad loss in the first round, they barely make it at nine and eight or 10 and seven. And what happens if Deion Sanders is playing in the college football playoffs? I want you to tell me, Mike Missinelli, you tell me how Jerry Jones is going to react to that. And you tell me if Jerry Jones... He's going to, he's going to, he's going to give him the job. Is Jerry Jones going to get on a private plane to Boulder on January 19th and, and say, Dion, you and I were made for this. Come on, coach us. I, and no, look, no. that's totally nonsensical. I get it. But, you know, Deion Sanders might do things this year that nobody ever saw coming. Anyway, whatever. I mean, it's, a, it's certainly a likely scenario, the way, uh, <laughs> the way Jerry Jones thinks. Uh, but uh, so hey, let me talk, just talk about a couple of other surprise teams that you've seen. And I know you're very impressed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So tell me about why you think they'll be the number one seed in the AFC. I mean... I don't know that I'm that impressed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm really impressed with their schedule. And, okay. you know, I, I, look, they have 10 of their 17 games are against the AFC South and NFC South, the two worst divisions by any measure, I would think, uh, in the NFL. You have 10 of your 17 games. And then look at all of the other really hard games they have. Okay. They have Kansas City at home on the second Sunday of the season at one o'clock. What do you think the temperature real feel is gonna be in Jacksonville, Florida in the middle of September at one o'clock in the afternoon? I think it's got a better chance to be 98 than 78. I'll just say that. You got Cincinnati, you got them at home. You got San Francisco, you got them at home. You got Baltimore, you got them at home. You got Buffalo, you got them on a neutral field in London after you have been sitting there for a week after having played a game and Buffalo just flies over to play this game. So as my daughter, Laura, always used to say, Mike, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So the Bills then go to Jacksonville when it's not hot and they and they win that at AFC title game. And then the Eagles beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. That is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, Mike. You're just saying. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Are you buying into the Lions and the Jets hype? Yes and yes, in a big way on both. I don't know how you look at the Jets. You know, I'll tell you what happens in the media business um, as the spring and summer go on. Everybody finds reasons for teams with legitimate big hopes 
that they're going to be trash. Now, you tell me that Aaron Rodgers in a redemption season, trying to stick it up some people's rear ends, uh, playing with, without question, one of the top five defenses in football. You tell me that Aaron Rodgers is not going to win 11 or 12 games. I, I'm just saying, if, if the Jets go 10 and 7, I'll be shocked. That's it. I'll be shocked. Now the Detroit Lions. They finished the last season uh, winning eight of their last 10. I think in their last six, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, they gave up 19 and a half points a game. They had been a terrible defense early, but, you know, Aaron Glenn rallied the troops. He got some great play from rookies like Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, and, and now in Jared Goff, who at one point was a disaster, becomes an absolute efficient football player, finishes the season with 325 straight passes without a pick. I mean, I, I what's there not to like? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's a lot to like. Now, they might get their clocks cleaned on Thursday night in Kansas City, but I think they're a pretty good team, and I don't think their division is that great. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, one reason I asked that question because the hype in this game is that they've automatically won it because of what's going on with the Chiefs. Oh, that's ridiculous. And I, and I always, I'm always cautious. They're not winning. I don't think they're going to win this game. But, hey, look, I'll just say this, that I remember, because I'm a schedule nerd. Every year I do a bunch of reporting on why this game was placed here, why this game was placed there. And, Mike, I can tell you, there are a lot of voices in the NFL office who said, do not put the Detroit Lions on in the first game of the season. Do not feed them to the Wolves at Arrowhead. Please don't do that. But the fact that that is the game, I think, is a tremendous uh, illustration of how far that team has come just in two years. And rightfully so. They are a tough, tough team to play. I remember late late in the season last year watching, they clean the Giants' clocks. And look, I'm not saying that the Giants are the greatest team, but it was a pretty good team by the end of the year. The Lions went in and just whipped them. And so I think they're an interesting team. I still don't think even if Kelsey doesn't play that they're going to go into Kansas City and win, but I think they'll give them a good game. We're talking to the great Peter King. Peter, tell me your thoughts on Howie Roseman, who is – been so mercurial here where he's been he's been down and up and now is is the king of Philadelphia for the roster that he's assembled and I mean, you study these performances by these general managers how would you evaluate Howie I mean there is not a better general manager in the NFL right now than Howie Roseman and people are going to say well that's because they were in the Super Bowl last year that's this that's that just look at all the moves look I know that there are still fans who probably if, if you picked out 100 rabid Eagles fans 50, and they all, and you said to them all, you have one question for Howie Roseman, what would it be? 50 of them would say, how could you take Jalen Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson? Rightfully so. You know what Howie Roseman would say? I think we all screw up and I screwed that one up. That's the way it goes. But, and, and again, how he's never going to say this publicly, uh, and I don't even know if he'd say it privately, but if I were him, I'll tell you exactly what I would be thinking. Hey, uh, how do you like the A.J. Brown trade? How do you like the pick of Devontae Smith? How do you like, uh, you know, basically gambling on Dallas Goddard, even though... Zach Ertz was a hero in this town, an icon. He caught the winning touchdown pass and the only Super Bowl win that we've ever had. And, and so, but that is called making the tough decision when you have to make it. He's made a lot of them. And he's also put in place uh, the, 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 the sort of player procurement that allows you to say, 
we're going to take an Australian rules football player in the seventh round, and we're going to give him to the best offensive line coach in football, and we're going to take our chances. Who knows? Maybe it, maybe it won't work. And now they got a franchise left tackle basically for free. And so he does a lot of things that to me go way under the radar. I'll give you a good example, Mike. Like, I think it probably really pained Howie Roseman to let Miles Sanders go. Because what didn't Miles Sanders do right? Great guy to have on the team. Always said the right thing. Ultimate professional. Very productive. But you're Howie Roseman. And you've got two wide receivers who you have to pay big money to. You got a tight end that you have to pay decent to big money to. You got two tackles who you're going to have to pay big. You got a center, one of the all-time greats at his position. And we can say that now because that's what Jason Kelsey is. And you got to pay him at the top of his, uh, at top of his peers. You've got a quarterback now who you've had to pay. And, and so I just say, I've just named, I think, six players. And they had to let a really good right, yeah, they had to let a really good right tackle go. Okay? Really good. And, I'm sorry, really good right guard go, excuse me, uh, in Isaac Siomalo. But, so they, they can't keep everybody. And those are the hard decisions that a general manager has to make. And I think he's made him very well. I know you have to get going. Uh, last question is the, the, the a lot of issues around the league about the running back situation. And uh, it, I don't know. I, there's no, really nothing you yeah. can do about it. The world has evolves, uh, and it's evolved that way with where running backs are not valued that much. I mean, does that bother you, or is there a solution to it, or is this the way it's going to be? You know what bothers me a little bit, Mike, that uh, it bothers me that Saquon Barkley makes 27% as much as Daniel Jones. I mean, that's, that's unjust. It's just, it's unjust because if Saquon Barkley uh, didn't play this year for the New York Giants, I think they would really struggle to be 500. And, and it bothers me that it bothers me we put a position group all in the same box. Saquon Barkley is three times more valuable to the New York Giants than Miles Sanders was to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm just saying right now, if Howie Roseman ran the New York Giants, I bet, I bet he would have paid uh, Saquon Barkley, I, I, I don't know what it'd be, three years, 50 million, I, I don't even know. but he would have found a way to make him happy on a multi-year deal because he would understand that 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 guy is really, really important. And look, all credit in the world to Joe Shane, the GM of the Giants, for figuring out a way to get make this work for one year because who knows what's going to happen at the end of this year. But I, I think that, unfortunately, we've got into a situation where we're in a one-size-fits-all deal for running backs where Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry, for instance, get lumped in with every other back, and they're a lot more valuable to their teams than most backs are to their teams. I don't know. Might this have to be addressed at collective bargaining, or is it just not going to be addressed ever, and this is the way it's going to be? Well, I don't think it's going to be. I, I mean – the next collective bargaining agreement doesn't the road. start to get negotiated for eight years. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that in my opinion, one or two backs, I think would have to really, you know, Saquon Barkley would say, I'm going to retire. I mean, unless you pay me 25 or what I, I, I'm making that up, but a really good player would have to say, I'm going to retire unless somebody pays me, 23, 25 million. Peter King, uh, a pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the Mike Missinelli podcast. Continued success. Uh, you're going to be do it, doing this for still a really long time, aren't you? I don't know. I really like doing it. I will say that. But I've also got a part of me, Mike, that 
that says, yeah, I had one brother die at 54. I had one brother die at 64. My father died at 63. My best friends in the business, three of my best friends were Will McDonough, Paul Zimmerman, Don Banks. They basically all died on the job. You know, at some point you have to look at this. I'm 66 years old and you have to say, hey, you know, uh, maybe there are other things to do in life, but I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I'm having a great time right now. That's good. Stay involved for all of us. Peter King, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you down the road, okay? All the best, Mike. Thank you very much. It's the Mike Yusinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, thanks so much to Peter King. It's a pleasure and delight to have Peter join the Mike Missinelli podcast today. Uh, hopefully we get him back uh, uh, not too distant uh, in, in the future. Uh, but right now, let's get some postseason predictions here for the NFL on our special football-only podcast today. Uh, he's, uh, these are the teams that are going to make the playoffs and uh, the number one seed in the NFC. Let's, uh, listen, I'm not going to waver from this. I think the Eagles are a deserved number one seed team. My only worry is that they get to 12 wins. Somebody else has 12 wins. They lose a tiebreaker somehow. But I got the Eagles as the number one seed, and here are my playoff teams in the NFC. Uh, the division winners, of course, the Niners, the Lions, and the Saints, along with the Eagles. Uh, my wild card teams would be the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Giants, the so three teams in the NFC East. That's my NFC playoff teams. In the AFC, I got the Bills as the number one seed. Uh, the Chiefs will win a division with the Bengals, Jaguars, and then the Ravens, Chargers, and Jets are my playoff teams in the AFC. Uh, I've got the Eagles winning the NFC title. Uh, I don't know who to pick them uh, to, to beat yet, but I say they're going to go to the Super Bowl and they're going to be playing the Buffalo Bills, and I am not ready to predict Who's going to win the Super Bowl at this particular time? All I know, it'll be Eagles and Bills. Darren, who you got? All right. Um, I'm, I agree with you pretty much on everything except for one uh, in the NFC. So, I obviously have the Eagles with the number one seed. Detroit, New Orleans, and San Francisco division winners. Wild cards. Dallas, the Giants. And I'm going to take Seattle. Uh, I think they made some – I'm not a big Geno Smith guy, but I think they made some improvements on defense in the offseason, and they're in a really, really weak division. You're, uh, a, you're a Vikings hater also. They went backwards. They, you know, yeah, I don't like Kirk hater. Cousins. They lost Alvin Cook. I, you know, it's over. All right. Sometimes <laughs> addition by subtraction is yeah. all I will say to you on that. All right. AFC, I got the – I actually want to take the Jets to win that division. I think everybody's going to beat each other up, but they have by far and away the best division. I mean, I'm sorry, the best defense – so I got the Jets, Bengals, Jaguars, and Kansas City as division winners. My wild card teams are the Bills, the Steelers, and the L.A. Chargers. My Super Bowl, Philly over Cincinnati. There you go. Ooh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow love. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. For listening and watching the Mike Masnelli podcast for today, football season is upon us. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday with our post game Mike Masnelli podcast. See you. Thanks for listening to the Mike Masnelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.